I want to talk to you about choices. Every one of us have already made some choices today, whether you realize it or not. When I drove into the parking lot, I wondered, well, I better put my mask on. After I put my mask on, most of the time, if I go to the store, I get almost to the store, and then I remember, I have to go back to the car and get it before I get in the store, go back. But you have to make a choice. In the middle of it, some people have made choices for us, but we still decide whether we will obey or not obey. See, the government has made some restrictions that we try to observe and fall by and come. But whether we obey them or not is still, it's up to you as an individual. It is your choice. You make the decision. And so today, you know, choice you decide. There's a man in the Old Testament that I'd like to talk about. His name is Moses. When you think about Moses, 99% of the time, my mind always goes to the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the scriptures that I want to use in a minute concerning Moses. Moses was he was probably one of the greatest leaders, if not the greatest leader in the Old Testament. He was the one that led the Jews who had been slaved, enslaved for 400 years to their freedom. He was the one that received the Ten Commandments from God. You see, he was kind of an a mediator between Israel and God, and he spoke in behalf of the people, and they wanted to hear God through him. That's how great Moses was. He was credited with writing the first five books of the Bible. His story really starts in Exodus. But Moses... When he was a child, he was born a slave. Now, I hate to tell you this, but every one of us, when we were born, we were born with a sinful nature. And what that is saying is that automatically, because of the sinful nature, we find that we sinned. Now, Moses, when he was born uh, as a slave, he was placed in a river basket by his mother who tried to save him from genocide. Pharaoh had issued the command that every Hebrew child that was born was to be killed. So here he is, the greatest man from my, my viewpoint in the Old Testament, born to slave. But yet in the middle of it, God had a plan for his life. You see, I was born Pulaski Hospital up on Randolph Hill. I guess that, that the name of the street used to be going up that way, up on Randolph Hill, up there. The old hospital, I'll put it that way. That's where I was born. Never in my wildest days, if you would have asked me as a teenager what I thought my life would be, that I would have included being a minister. 
I don't know when, when you begin to look at your life and when you begin to, to realize how that he was, he was born to slave, his parents thought that he was a guy. Every one of our parents think men were the greatest thing. His parents thought he was a godly child. There was something different about him. I believe every mom and every dad have said that about their kid. Boy, I can remember when Joy was born, you know, she was special. When Eric came along, he was special. Everyone, every one of us. And the reason we can really say that in the reality that it's true is because when we are born, every one of us are born with a plan from God, and he's got a purpose in our life. Now, he was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised as a prince in Egypt. When I was a kid, you would say, boy, they're from the other side of the tracks. In other words, today's terminology, they're kind of born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I didn't even know what silver was other than a, 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 in marbles I played, I had a steely. That was that way that was the king shooter. It was a ball bearing out of a truck. But when we begin to think and we begin to place around and we begin to look at our lives as individuals, you know, here we find, and I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to read verses 24 through 27. We all know a little bit about the story of Moses. But remember, Hebrews is the hero chapter. These are the one that God has place special emphasis upon and talks about that they might be able to impact our lives and that our faith can be like their faith, grow strong and overcome the enemy that would come against us. Beginning with verse 24, and I'm going to read from the NIV. It says, by faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the fleeing pleasures of sin. He, dis he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw him who is invisible. Most of these scriptures right here, I don't pull out of the Old Testament. But they're, they're talking about when we think of Moses as delivering the children of Israel. And when we begin to think of who he is. Here we get out of the old into the new. And God has placed him in the hall of fame. Not man, but God. And he's, when we look at him and when we begin to realize. So what happened in those in-between years? He was born to slave. He was really rescued from the river by Pharaoh's daughter. He was raised as a prince in Egypt. 
But yet the real story that sets in most of our minds is we look at him as a leader that delivers the Hebrew children from the bondage of slavery that they had been in for 400 years. So out of the middle, how did he become so willing to leave being a prince of Egypt to get to the point and to, to leave it all behind to do what God wanted him to do? In our lives, knowing that every one of us, we are born in the image of God. He created us. He has made us in His likeness. And He has a plan for every one of our lives. And so as Moses was growing up, I believe he asked the same questions that you and I asked when we were growing up. Who am I? He probably asked that question far more than I did. Because here you find a Hebrew that is being raised by an Egyptian that is taken out of a culture into another culture and becomes a part of it. And I, I can believe probably several times, you know, who am I? Where did I come from? I don't even look like all these people around me. What is my purpose? What is life? All of I believe he had to answer every one of those questions just like you and I did. You see, there come a time in my life I had to believe God because of me. Not because of East Main Street Church of God. Oh, I got saved. I believed in God. But there come a point when my faith was challenged that I had to have more than just saying I was a part of that culture. And so when we come, you see, do you realize that you're created in God's likeness, that he has a plan for your life, just as he had a plan for Moses? He, under, he came to understand that he was a Hebrew. He was an Egyptian, but somewhere during those years, even though he was a prince of Egypt, he had to come to the point of who he really was. There comes a day in our life when every one of us will make a decision of what we will do with God. I made a decision when I was about five or six years old that I wanted Him. Now my problem was that I really did not follow Him the way that He intended me to follow Him all of my life. And so I learned some patterns out of, out of Moses' life. You see, Moses refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There come a point, the Bible said when he matured, when he aged, when he got older, when he realized that he was really not an Egyptian, but he was really a part of the children of God, he refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter. He knew his identity, and he had chose to live and to be the creation that God intended him to be. There's a day and an hour when you begin to make a decision 
I'm going to be what God wants me to be. I'm going to follow him. Moses had to make that decision. You see, you face a choice. Will you pretend to be somebody you're not? Now, we look at that a little fragilely, but can I tell you, when we really get honest with ourselves, there's probably times in our life that every one of us is thought, boy, I'd, like, I'd kind of like to be like that person. And, and that's not sin within itself, but it's where we go. You know, Janice and I, about, I guess it's been about two years ago, we were having dinner and a diner. And as we were sitting there with some friends and talking and having our, our dinner, guess who come in? Elvis Presley. You know, Elvis Presley had been dead I don't know how many years. But here this guy, years later, he's, he's all decked out just like Elvis. He had his white little suit on, black shiny hair. He even sang a couple songs for all of us that were in the restaurant. He was pretending to be somebody that he really wasn't. Now, if we're not careful, we might not take it to that extreme, but we're wanting to be like the captain on the football team or somebody in the crowd, a circle that we enjoy and we go around. We, we kind of would like to be like them. But Moses come to a point, I'm not going to be an Egyptian anymore. I'm going to be who God really created me to be. And you, you, you need to make a decision that you know I'm going to be what God desires me to be. You know, God only made one Elvis, but boy, I'm telling you, there's a lot of them around the world today. Trying to cash in like him, trying to make their money, do their thing, pretending they're somebody else. It might not be Elvis. It might be a guy down the street or part of the crowd that you think, boy, if I could just be like that. So when we begin to realize, you know, a lot of people have done that. But Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin. Now, in this decision of understanding who he was, he made a choice that really cost him something. Can I tell you, when you make a choice that you're going to serve God, you're going to find that it costs you something. Now, we, the reason a lot of people don't want to serve God, they don't want to pay the price that it takes to be the child of God. Help me, Holy Spirit. So when we come and we begin to think about, Moses chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to have the pleasure of sin. What about you? As you get to know God better, you understand your God-given responsibilities more clearly. Many circumstances of Moses' life was difficult before he accepted and after he accepted who he was. 
I'm here to tell you that just accepting Christ doesn't change times of tribulation and problems in our individual life. But one of the good things is Jesus said that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. And so I pray, oh God, you help us. You see, your choice is whether you'll say yes to God and no to other things. Moses had to make a decision. Am I going to be what God planned for me and what I'm supposed to do? Or am I going to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter and be the prince of Egypt and have it made? Well, there, there was a lot of people Egyptian people that looked up to the they they probably modeled his life and would love to be where he is. And so when we look at our life and when we begin to think about how that Moses, you know, he said yes to God and no to living as the prince. He said yes to accepting his God-given responsibility. Now, that's where sometimes we end up struggling and having problems in saying yes to the responsibility of doing what God has called us to do. We like the greatness of Moses. We think, man, here's the the greatest man in all the Old Testament that's leading the children of Israel into the promised land. But you're not looking or thinking about the things that changed in his life when he gave himself over to God. And so my prayer and my my hope this morning is that I can challenge you in a way that you understand that every day you make choices of whether you're going to be obedient unto the Heavenly Father or you're going to begin to give in and look for the pleasure that's there in something else. And so I pray, Lord, you help us today. You see, Moses regarded the disgrace For the sake of Christ is a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. When I started this journey, I was looking for a holy city that's going to still come back to this earth. That's my, my eyes not on the things of this world. I rejoice in the beauty of this sanctuary. I rejoice in the blessings and the goodness that God has brought the church of God in Pulaski through. But I'm here to tell you, there's far greater than what's in this earth when we begin to think about the glorious gospel and what God has prepared for you and I if we will be obedient unto him. So I pray, Lord, you help us today. He refused. Moses realized who he was. His values, his priorities changed. His true identity helped him to define his values. We've heard the old story, man. It's not what we say, it's how we walk. Your values Who have you chosen, decided to live like? Moses didn't want to be a prince no more. Oh, no. God, I'm part of his chosen group. And I pray, God, you help us. He decided three things. He decided that fulfilling God's purpose is better than popularity. 
Well, you know, the, the world today, they're, they're trying to be the most popular. They're trying, they're wanting to be the one that everybody's talking about and bragging upon, patting upon the back. But Moses disregarded all that. He has felt that God's purpose was better than the popularity of being the prince. That when he went down the street, the people bowed down. Oh, no. He looked unto one who he saw. God. And my prayer is, oh God, you help us. He's not only decided that, you know, fulfilling God's purpose was better than popularity, he's thought loving God's people is better than pleasures. I had to chew on that one. Loving God's people is better than pleasures. Can I tell you, you know, Moses, when he was going through this identity crisis of understanding who he was, you know what he did? He killed an Egyptian. He was a murderer. He hid his body. He thought he had it made. Nobody seen, nobody knew. But I'm here to tell you, the enemy will allow what we've done, thinking we've done God a favor to come out. And so when we begin to realize, you know, Loving God's people is better than pleasure. Having God's peace is better than possessions. Oh, boy, we got to. There's nothing wrong in wanting a nicer car. You know, we hear the bumps and feel them more, you know, the older it gets and we hear the noises and all those things we want. But can I tell you, it's not in just having a new car. And when we begin to look at Moses' life, when we begin to, to think about how he's going, but his values, they were set because of what God had placed in his life. Moses gave up all the things most people spend their whole life trying to get. Chew on that one this afternoon. Moses gave up with the majority of us, boy, I sure would like to have that. I'd like to be there. I'd be, like to be able to go on a cruise and do all these things, all the things of pleasure. And we're caught up in a, a, a society that that's where it's all at. But we've got to remember of God and his purpose in our life. You see, when, when we think about how that Paul kind of said the same thing, in Philippians, the third chapter, he said, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. That word rubbish is really trash, is how if you go and translate it. That's how, how terrible it is. Moses he considered the things of God far greater than the gold and the, everything that come along with being the prince of Egypt. And so when we look at our life and when we begin to think about, you know, what about you? What is the most important thing to you? Has your life been focused on what other people value? Things like popularity, our pleasures, our possession? So many times, if we're not careful, we can get caught up 
into what this world is after. And so I pray, oh God, you help us to understand how that Moses, how that when he come in the last verse there, verse number 27, he says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. He wasn't worried about what the king was saying, in other words. You know, hey, God's got a plan, and I want to fulfill the plan that he has for me. You know, we, we miss that when we're, we're going through and God is doing all the miracles to deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage that they were in. But when we begin to think about how that Moses, he realized how that it was there and, and his values changed. He said, by faith when he left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. You see, Moses realized who he was. And he took on a whole new direction of his life. We need to understand we're born in the image of God. That he cares about us. That he died for us. And that he forgives our sin. And he places within us a far greater pleasure and things that this world can even think of. This world sure don't think about just walking on gold. But can I tell you, when we get to that heavenly city, we're just going to walk on gold. When you begin to look and realize how that Moses, he looked at those things realizing. You see, knowing who you are does two things. And this is the key to my whole sermon. Number one, knowing who you are gives you courage to leave the past. You got to leave the past. And secondly, it gives you the courage to walk into the future. It was understanding he was a child of the of God. He was a Hebrew. God had a purpose in his life. And it was far more valuable and he left all of those things in order to please God. And he was looking and walking. He never once looked back according to the New Testament. And I'm going to drop five more minutes on you. Forgive me. It's not quite there, but it's getting close. Twelve. On a Saturday morning, I was in a bar on Lake Street in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Saturday morning. I was in the army. Been serving. Really kind of running from God. But it was in that bar that God spoke to me on that Saturday morning. Now, I, I, I'm going to tell you that if I would have accepted him, I believe I could have been saved right there in that bar. Sunday morning come, this old boy got up and went to church. I know how God dealt with me in that bar. It wasn't through a preacher. It wasn't through somebody else. 
but it was just God speaking to my inner being, allowing me to understand that he had something else and wanted me to understand. On Sunday night, I gave my heart to the Lord. Now, I told you I gave him when I was five or six. I'd been baptized in water. I'd received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd gotten so far from God, I never thought that God would ever take me back. I, I was a kid that got saved in every revival, Brother Burchett. If I didn't come down, my mom come and brought me down. I tried to live for God and failed every time it seemed. And the devil had blinded me. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. He is a deceiver. He had blinded me, making me think there is no use in going to that altar again. You can't live it. Look what's happened every time that you've been down there. Oh, it works for a little bit and then it's gone. But I'm here to tell you on that Sunday night, after God had spoken to me in that bar, we had a talk. And I gave him my miserable self. I really wanted God. I wanted everything that he had for me. I was raised in a Christian family. I knew what it was to serve God and to follow him. I know the problems that I'd struggled with in the past. That Monday, I worked in the Buzzer Building. It was a federal office downtown Minneapolis doing my Army duties. And that Monday, all day long, people come up and they say, what's wrong with you today? I wouldn't say a word. I was trying to overcome some habits that had control of my life. I knew that I had to change some things because of what I'd done on Sunday night. Now, we didn't live, I didn't live on a base. We lived, I lived with five other guys, and we, we rented a home there in town, and, and we pulled our money every month. It paid the house payments, and what was left over, they put in food. Monday evening, Every Monday evening, we went to the pizza place. That was already paid for. It come out of the pot. There at the, the bar, right down from our house, at the corner bar, going, you know, for, you know, here I am. I gave my life on Sunday night, understanding and knowing that God had worked in my life what are you going to do now? Is what the enemy was saying. You got to eat. Oh, yeah. I went to the bar with them. But I'd made up my mind, and it was there in the bar 
that I turned around. When, when, when waiters come around at taking everybody drinks order, I told them I wanted a Pepsi. The place went up laughing. Huh. Let me tell you, when you hang around the crowd of the world and you begin to do something different than what they're doing, there will come some snickers and some laughs. But it was there in the bar. I said, well, I got something I really need to tell you all. Last night, I gave my life to Jesus. And because of giving my life to Jesus, I'm no longer going to be who I used to be. So I'm not going to drink with you and party with you the way that I have in the past. Who can I tell you that was like a burden that just rolled off of me then? The Bible says that we are an overcomer by our testimonies. And I'm here to tell you, Moses was an overcomer by his testimony. He turned loose of everything that he had. And he accepted God's plan for his life. He wasn't listening to the naysayers. The Bible said he never looked back. Can I tell you from that moment, from that time on, I've tried to keep my eyes fixed upon the cross of Christ because I know that he loved me and he died for me. He forgave me of my sins. He changed my life. I'm here to tell you that God wants to work in your life. God's got a plan in your life just like he had a plan in Moses' life. I never dreamed I'd end up being a minister of the gospel. But I'm here to tell you, when I think about God, I've got to just keep on going. Paul said it this way. He said, old things pass away, and behold, all things begin to be new. Can I tell you, when you begin to love God and you begin to surrender yourself unto Him, these things will pass away. You can walk away from your Egypt. What has you bound? What has kept you from doing the will of God? My prayer for this service has been, oh God, set some of us free from the bondages that we've been a slave to. Deliver us from the enemy. And so I pray, oh God, you help us. Help us to realize, my five minutes is up, That God's got a plan in your life. You know, if you would have asked me when I was a kid growing up Valley Road, I would have never dreamed that God could do the things he's done in my life. And it's not been because of me, but it's been because of you and people like you that have prayed for me and helped me. And to understand that God cares about me. You see, I can remember when Brother Malachi and P.L. Whittington and them guys, I was just a little kid and they would, they would take me hunting with them. They poured into my life many ways that they probably didn't even think they was pouring into my life. 
And if you'll look around and if you'll begin to accept who you are in Christ and begin to say, you know, I got my eye on Jesus. If there's ever been a day you need to have your eye on Jesus, it's today. This world is crumbling at the seams. When you read the Bible, it's moaning, it's longing for its deliverance. And so the choice, the choice is yours this moment. Maybe some of you have some things in your life you'd, boy, I just, I'd like to walk away from that and it'd never be there again. Can I tell you, if you will obey God, He will help you be victorious.